our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. I was crossing the street when I met the love of my life. I chased after her. Nothing would stand in my way. Not the dog walker, nor the hot dog vendor. Finally reaching her, I asked, what do you call that amazing smell? Um, it's Gain Flings. Gain Flings. My love had a name. But more importantly, it had a scent. Fall in love with Gain Flings. Seriously good scent. Try Gain Flings today with special savings at Family Dollar. Welcome to 4020 Live. Well, not live. And it's a strange one, this one, because we started recording it on Monday and then Phil's internet died. So here's the start of the podcast, which starts with me saying, here's the start of the podcast. This is the start of the podcast. There is an interview to come with Amy Stavely of the York Valkyrie, which I'll get wrong at least once this year, and some stuff from the Wheelchair Awards coming up. Where you, If you listen to the podcast, you'll hear from them. If you're watching this, you, you won't them because you've already seen them um phil the weekend in super league um what happened saints won against all the oh no everyone predicted they'd win anyway so saints were fantastic i mean again if they'd wanted to use excuses they could have done and clearly um there, there were a number of occasions where castleford broke them down but were probably the masters of their own destiny and that they couldn't turn those chances into points. But I, I just thought the the resolve that Saints had was a testament to where they are at the moment as a club and why they are the leading side over here. I, I thought there were outstanding performances from from Conrad Horrell, who um, was just out, unbelievable on carrying the ball forward. It, it was almost like having an extra prop uh, out in the centres um, which is it's not to disrespect him in any way whatsoever. He was just impossible to handle. Thought their halfbacks, Lewis Dodd, was was amazing again in cover defence um, as, as much as creating things. And and Johnny Lomax just just ran the show. I think the fact that they'd all played so well a week before and and backed that up was was amazing. And clearly Alex Wormsley took that. I don't want to put words into Phil's mouth, but I think he was going to say Alex Wormsley took the headlines, which he did with those uh, tries. Two of them and winning the uh, Player of the Match award. Well done to him. Well done to St. Helens. You, you do wonder whether Saints will start to feel the effects of that trip 
uh, to Australia and back in a couple of weeks' time. A bit like Easter, where it's the third game at Easter that everyone feels the effects of it. We'll, we'll see. Maybe they're superhumans. We don't know. They played Leeds this week. <laughs> That's back to the game where uh, they start to lose their powers. Although, good to see that the uh, rugby league disciplinary upsetting everyone by not banning Jack Wellsby this week. Uh, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Uh, Catalans beat Lee 14-6. I mean, I didn't see it because it wasn't on the telly, but it uh, seems like a good performance from the Leopards and the Catalans bouncing back from winning on the dangerous pitch of Wakefield. Speaking of, they lost to Wigan 60-0. Well, they lost the first half 34-0, so at least the second half was better. Mark Applegarth calling it embarrassing. And the players will have to bounce back this week as they take on Huddersfield, who were also winless at the start of the season. Beaten by the Warrington Wolves, 26-16 on Friday night at the John Smith Stadium. So Warrington unbeaten. As are Hull, who beat Leeds 20-18 in what was described as a bizarre game at Headingley on Friday night. Good to see that uh, now the stats have come out. Everyone's uh, made Aidan Caesar the most evil man in Super League for only making four metres or whatever it was. Uh, stats, lies down lies and statistics. And on uh, Thursday night on the telly, Hull KR, impressive again, coming from behind against Salford to win by 24 points to 10 uh, this week in Super League, as uh, kind of alluded to. Uh, Thursday night match is Warrington versus Salford. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Friday night, loads of games. Catalans versus Hull. Wakefield versus Huddersfield. Saints versus Leeds on the telly. Cass, Warring- uh, Cass Wigan and uh, Hull KR versus the Lee Leopards. Now, elsewhere, some big results in the Championship this weekend, and probably the uh, the best result, you would say, would be for the uh, Bradford Bulls beating the uh, Toulouse Olympique 13 on Saturday by 28 points to 18. Very impressive result for the Bulls there. On the games on Sunday, Winter Featherson against Newcastle, not unexpected there, 56 points to 6. Sheffield Eagles won a narrow one at London, 21-20. Batley again narrow, 28-23 at home to the Keithley Cougars. Big result for Batley after their start to the season. York bounced back from defeating France to beat Barrow, 28-14. And Whitehaven beats Swinton, 20 points to 4. And what a performance it was on Monday night on the telly for Widnes Vikings, 42-14 winners over the Halifax Panthers. A very impressive result there. And, of course, it was Challenge Cup week as well. Second round of the competition wins for Hunslet over Heweth. Uh, Doncaster edging out Oldham. Uh, Midlands beat Hull Dockers on the Sportsman. Uh, Workington beat Innsrose Bridge. Westgate Common beat the police. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. Uh, Rochdale Hornets beat London Scholars. Uh, Oral St. James beat Dublin. Uh, Siddle edged out West Hull. Hunslet Amateurs beat Pilkington. It's confusing that Hunslet haven't got a thing after their name. What's the word I'm looking for? No, I don't know. Uh, York Acorn beat the Air Force. North Wales Crusaders beat the Royal Navy. Uh, Lee Miners Rangers winners over Mighton Warriors. And, uh, well, we've got some interesting games coming up, haven't we? Wests beat London Chargers. Uh, Dewsby beat the Ashton Bears. Thato Heath did for Saddleworth. Wathbrow beat Brentwood Eels. West Bowling edged out Lot Lane. Stanningley beat Fryson, which we've got to mention on the telly, because uh, young uh, Danica and Ashton Golding both involved there. And uh, Rushdale Mayfield beat Cornwall in the uh, game on the uh, BBC, which I think, as we said last week, probably wasn't going to be, su- be a surprise if it happened. 
and it did. Well done to Rochdale Mayfield in that one. Uh, Challenge Cup third round draw made on the telly. Uh, Featherston Halifax, the uh, first one drawn out and probably the standout fixture. Uh, West Warriors versus Widnes Vikings. Lee Miners Rangers, Rochdale Mayfield. Doncaster Workington. Westgate Common versus Hunslet Amateurs. Uh, Dewsbury Rochdale, Siddle Sheffield Eagles, Oral St James Midlands, uh, Batley Wath Brown, Thato Heath North Wales in a Battle of the Crusaders. Thato Heath Banjo reminds me of the Daily Express for some reason. Hunslet Non Amateurs versus Keithley Cougars, Yacht Knights versus West Bowling, Stanningley Newcastle, London Whitehaven, Bradford York Acorn, and Barrow versus Swinton. Uh, ties were played on the weekend of the 10th to the 12th of March. So look forward. Uh, to those games. Right, it was the uh, Wheelchair Rugby League Awards on Saturday night at Headingley. Congratulations to Rob Hawkins, who we spoke to a couple of weeks ago at the uh, launch of the Super League season. He was uh, crowned the Player of the Year. I felt a bit guilty for not interviewing him again afterwards, but I did have a, we did have a nice chat. Uh, but uh, I think I'd asked him everything the week before, so I didn't really know what to ask him. But he's going to come on the podcast, so that will be good. Uh, and to all the winners, and we'll hear from a few of them later, including the Young Player of the Year, Nathan Collins of Leeds, uh, the Club of the Year, Sheffield Eagles, who won their first game by beating Wakefield on Saturday. Uh, also, the coach of the world champions, Tom Coyd, and the Golden Boot winner, Seb Bashara, coming up on the podcast. But first, we head to York, where they've made a new signing. Or at least when we did this interview on uh, Tuesday lunchtime, uh, on Monday lunchtime, this was their uh, first new signing. They've made another one now. But uh, here, speaking to us, is the former Leeds Rhino, a scorer of a try in the 2018 Challenge Cup final. Why do I remember that final above all others? I don't know. It's Amy Stavely speaking to me and Phil, because you've missed him. He's here now. Look. I, first, first things first. Difficult decision to move away from Leeds? Uh, yeah, it, it was a tough decision because I, lo- I love the girls so much and they are, you know, they have been my family for many seasons, probably seen most of them more than I've seen some of my family members. So it was tough, but I knew it was the right decision. It 100% was um, the right decision, yeah. Uh, I, I, what, I, what I love about this is uh, <laughs> chaos everywhere um, is that you you approach York. I mean, I'm. I find it hard to approach people to come on the podcast for fear of rejection. How hard is it to contact a club to to try and get a try and get a space there? Yeah, it. But you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I guess. And I thought, what have I got to lose? Just just a no, no. There's no room. That was the worst thing that could have happened. So, and the positives of you know of a yes outweighed. The no, so I don't know. I mean, I, I just went for it. I didn't really think about it. I just went for it, and then it, it just went white wide. Obviously, if it was a no, then it were a no, but it wasn't, and I'm grateful it wasn't. There's, there's been a fair amount of transfer movement within the women's game before the, the start of the new season. Uh, should we expect that as the norm now, or has it surprised you a little bit? Um, Not really. I wouldn't say it surprised me. I think... You know, each team is is probably very different, and you know, if you're not about what that one team is about, you'll find one that you know is fits more your ethos. And I think a lot of like I know Rhiannon from York, and you know, it was Rhiannon that said, "Oh, you know, why don't you why don't you try come here?" So, and I think 
with moving teams, you do get a lot of friends as well. And if they move, you know, they can tell you what the other team's all about. And I don't know, really. I suppose it's just wherever you're happy. And if you're happy settled in the team that you're at, then, you know, fair enough. But if not, I think there's such a big, sometimes it's a big to be on moving and, you know, moving what for, what have, what have they offered. But, you know, it can just be down to happiness or, you know, a new challenge. It doesn't have to be as... You know, there's some there's an incentive in there. Can, can you see that um, the, the top three teams now are establishing themselves, and York are at a stage that Leeds might have been at maybe five years ago when you sort of got that group together that started to win things. Um, I think York have always been a very good team. I mean, York for the last two seasons, anyway, have been a very good team, and I think even you know last year at the, the grand final against Leeds. They held their own. They got league leaders York last year as well. So I think it's just like and I say it in many interviews, like it is just whatever happens on the day. And I think all the girls are so talented across, you know, rugby women's rugby league in general. The girls are just so talented. So it's it's hard to say really. It's hard to say whether they're at that stage. I think they were always at, at a high standard. They were always at a good standard anyway. But, yeah, they've obviously got, uh, you know, a couple of players from Castle, from Bradford, still the original York. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be exciting. The, the, the longer things go on at York, the more people can't throw at them that they're just uh, a lot of players from Castleford in Yorkshire. It's obviously you, you coming in from Leeds, the players coming in from all over the place now. But it's that, the Wonder League Leaders Shield, as you mentioned, but it's that final victory they're looking for, either in the Challenge Cup or the, the Grand Final itself. You've won everything with Leeds. Is that something you can bring to the club, that, that winning mentality, so to speak? I hope so. Maybe I'm a lucky charm. I don't know. I hope so. Obviously, you want to, you know, you want to be in it to win it and you want to compete to win. Um, so I'm just hoping, and I believe I am the oldest there as well, so I'm hoping my, my um, wisdom and uh, my experience might just, you know, add a little bit of value to their already incredible team at York. I mean, experience is it's not age, it's experience, isn't it? That's what you're bringing to the squad, not not age, experience. Yeah, that, yeah. I suppose I've, I've got a lot. I've been playing since, what, I was 11 or 12? Um, and I'm 33 now, so I've been playing a long time. So you've seen quite a few changes in that time. Did you ever think when you started no. playing that, that that Women's Super League, well, it wasn't even a thing at that point, would be where, the top flight of Women's Rugby League would be where it is today? Absolutely not, no. I never would have imagined it ever, ever, ever. But it's amazing how just how fast it's going and just how much it's developing. And, you know, it's so exciting for the young ones that are coming up now to what even just in a couple of years, the, the possibilities and, uh, you know, all the experiences that they're going to have is just amazing. It must be just so exciting for them and I'm excited for them as well. I guess one of the things on the horizon as well is the, the NRLW have now completed their collective bargaining agreement for the women's game, which is fantastic. They're expanding to... 10 teams. So it's going to open opportunities as well for some of our best young players, maybe to be trying their hand in, in Australia. 
I mean, on the one hand, you'd want them to stay here and, um, and, and improve the game over here. But I would imagine if you were asked your advice, it would be travel the world, chance your arms, see how it goes, uh, you know, try, try and make it over there. And if necessary, come back as, as a more experienced, rounded player. Oh my gosh, De- I definitely. I think to turn down an opportunity like that, I don't know. I just think he'd be full of what ifs and definitely 100% I would say to anybody that gets the opportunity to go over there because it's just, it's just something else, isn't it? Their rugby over there is just completely something else. So even if they can go over there and bring their experience over there back over here to improve, you know, even just a little bit the women's game, then, you know, and then that experience for themselves when they're older, they'll never forget that. So absolutely 100%, like grab it with both hands, take it. Mm-hmm. It should um, improve the national team as well because we've seen how even in the men's game that the core of the team now is playing in the NRLW and that has overall made them more competitive because they they understand those extra levels of intensity. Do you think that, again, is a key between where we got to in this World Cup and maybe making the final in the next one? I I think they are so, you know, rugby is, is like their well, their national sports, isn't it? So they've been doing that a long time, and I think they're they are so far in front of us still. We are bridging the gap, but they are still so far in front of us. And I think as well, you know, they've got that opportunity. Like we we all work full time, you know, all the England lasses work the work, or you know, the students, and it is tough. And you know, some of them have got children which again takes up that time and I do think it is heading that way and I do think we are bridging the gap but yeah I think there needs to be you know something else and definitely the starting point would be even you know just semi professional you know paying part-time that'll be a starting point definitely you realise everyone thinks that you've moved to York and they've got thousands and thousands of pounds being paid to the players every week. So, you, oh, no, that's a guy. People do, but people believe that York and Leeds are now paying thousands of pounds. I, I generally think that's what people think, but as you say, it's 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 stepping stones, isn't it? It's not as if you're going to be, be uh, become rich by being a, a female rugby league player in 2023. Oh, definitely not. And I'm one of those players again. I, I've come, you know, coming up through what we had when I was younger you don't well particularly definitely me I don't play rugby for money I do not play it for rugby for money and if at any point I was 100% stopping to enjoy it that I weren't enjoying it as much but I got paid thousands I would still quit because if there's no enjoyment in it what's the point and I think we don't get paid the thousands so it has to be about passion it has to be about the love of sport and and about, you know, it's it's not just about rugby and gym, it's about socialising as well and making all the friends that you make um, and just getting out of, you know, that everyday life of working and, you know, just being at home and just being able to get out and kick a ball about with your mates. So uh, it's not about the money for me anyway. No, there's not money in podcasting either, let me, tr- uh, let me tell you. Um <laughs> You just mentioned the World Cup, we just mentioned England, but the, the World Cup qualifiers coming up this autumn involving a, a plethora of nations people wouldn't have thought were involved in rugby. Have you got any heritage you can play for anyone uh, in these upcoming qualifiers? Maybe a bit of Turkish or Serbian or Maltese? No, 
Unfortunately not. I've asked, I've asked this to my mum and dad and they said, no, sorry, but no. I was like, oh, okay then. But it would be incredible, but no, nothing, did, unfortunately. Did you watch much of the World Cup? Because a lot of it was obviously based in York, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, I did, yeah. I watched the women's games and I thought, they were... You know, the, the game Australia and New Zealand, um, which were quite a close call, that was a really interesting one. Um, really interesting, but, you know, Australia, what what can you say? Other than, wow, they're amazing, aren't they? In every every sense of it, they're amazing. Well, we still haven't gone over Brazil and Canada. That, that's still our favourite game we've ever seen. Um, Lindsay Anfield, what, 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 what about her as a coach made you want to uh, pick up the phone to her? I think... That when when she when she moved to York to coach, a lot of the players like followed her or wanted to follow her. And I thought if you've got someone there who you play, the players want to follow her. And I thought she must be something special for them to just want to follow her anywhere. Um. So yeah, I thought when I was kind of like looking around, thinking a lot of what you know, what teams and what teams are out there. York were my my top one, just purely because of that. And obviously, Lindsay's got a lot of experience herself. She was in, you know, the England team, and she's been at the very top of a game. I just think the experience that she's got, and she's genuinely interested in. In her team as well, she's genuinely interested in the players and she genuinely wants them to do well and to make sure that, you know, they're okay mentally, emotionally, physically. So, yeah, she's, she's a really good coach. You mentioned and a good ex- person as well. well that's, that's also important. You mentioned experience a lot. Presumably one of the reasons she was so keen to bring you in was um, obviously the retirement of Katie Langan, who's been a... Fantastic player for York over, what, I think 14 years. Do you see yourself maybe in that sort of captain, vice-captain role, taking taking over her mantle? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think I just want I just want to concentrate on me, I think. I think that's just, just what I want to do. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't, you know, I'm always keen to, you know, check on the girls, see if they're okay and, I don't know. I think with that experience, obviously, there's like a wise old head on my shoulders, but I, I don't think so. I think I'm just happy just to concentrate on myself and make sure I'm the best that I can be for the team. I guess one of the first incentives for you as well is the Challenge Cups coming up, which is group stages early on, but you'd think that the way that those seedings had, had worked, you'll get passage through to the next stage, and then you've got the incentive of playing at Wembley. Um, again, is, is that on your horizons as the pre-season uh, goes through the grind that it has to? Oh, absolutely. I, who wouldn't want to play in Wembley? That has got to be, you know, one of the highlights if you ever get to play there. So obviously we, we are working towards that and we hope we are lucky enough to to be able to be there and present for that. Um I think it would be the first time as well that anyone, you know, women's team's ever played at Wembley. So, yeah, making history. Who won't want to be a part of that, I guess. That must be an, an amazing platform for, for a club to build. I think it, we saw the 
York men get there in the 1895 Cup a couple of years ago, but for the women to get there, to, as you say, to be the first, to, must be such a platform for the sport in the city, which is already starting to build up that support for the women's thing. Oh, definitely. And as much, you know, as much advertisement and as much, you know, we can throw out there in the media, the better, just to make everyone aware and, you know, just to, to get more girls and women playing it as well, just to put it out there, because it is, it is such a... Like I say, it's such a good sport, both for discipline and for making friends. And you don't have to play, you know, Super League very competitive level. You can just go down to your local community uh, rugby team and just get involved there. Uh, I can't spell Valkyrie, um, so I'm having much trouble with the uh, name. But you mentioned earlier one of the uh, the current squad in Rhiannon Marshall. I love watching her play because you're never quite sure what she's going to do. Yeah. What's she like to What's she like to play with and against? Um, she's horrible to play against, um, just because she's just got a stupid sidestep. And um, like you said, you just don't know what she's going to do. You genuinely just don't know what she's going to do. Uh, to play with, yeah. I've I played with Rhiannon before. I played with her at Stanley, I played with her at Bradford, played with her at Leeds. So she's a really good player to to play with. She's got really good hands on her. Um, passing the ball and you know she sees the opportunity she's got such good vision on the pitch she just sees opportunities that others won't even you know think to look at and we mentioned the law of, of Wembley but obviously the three games between the teams that won all the trophies last year uh, Leeds, York and Saints they're all going to be on, on Sky again how much of an incentive is that to be able to mention to friends family uh, potential people you might know in the commercial world that you're going to be on on a television platform. I know, yeah, it, it is incredible. It, it is amazing. I just when when it is like that, like I love the fact that the women's game is on TV. But for me, I try to to kind of zone that out because I think that that's added pressure for me. So I'm one of those that even you know we're playing in massive stadiums. Like there's until the end of the game. You know, the ink camera's there, the inter crowd there, there isn't anything there for me. I just try to block all that out until till the end of the game. But it is mm-hmm. it is amazing that it is on television. Don't expect you to get amber and black braided hair then. No. I've I've had the same hairstyle for probably about ten years and it will carry on being the same until I retire. You wanna go back to those games where we we were kind of vaguely in lockdown where you were just playing in front of I think me at uh, Bellevue and no one else. You want to go back to those days, though? Yeah, well, that's what it was like back in you know back in the day. We're around a, a pitch with maybe about five or ten people, five to ten people there. And um, yeah, I think you've just got for me. I know other people are different, but for me, I've got to mentally prepare and not be you know not be aware of what's going on around me. I just I need to be in that moment and focus on what you know. So nothing influences me or you know the nerves don't get too much so that's that's just what I do but I know the you know the girls might thrive off it and they might play better because there's a crowd but not for me look good play good someone told us before but uh I think I think she was lying to us um how how <laughs> how have you been uh, fitting in at York uh, obviously as you say you, you know some of the players already but how's training been going since you've uh moved to the club yeah, it's been really good. I went before the season started just to get to know some of the 
the girls there just to um you know get to know the team and but it's been really good to be honest I've really really enjoyed it and they've made me feel so welcome and I thought it would be really hard I thought you know I'm gonna have to earn strikes here but they've all been so nice and been so lovely and, and welcoming so yeah, I really appreciate them doing that because you know it can be hard for anyone going to a new team where they're already so established themselves and then you've just got little old me going in so yeah they've been really 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 kind to me I guess as well you're moving from potentially you know playing your games at, at Headingley to um double headers at, at the LNER stadium a, a facility you're familiar with and again I, I suspect one that fits all the criteria for for modern sport oh gosh yeah it's an incredible stadium again yeah we did play there um Quite a few times with Leeds, but yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be weird playing there and that being the home ground. But it's it's again it's exciting and it's a it's a new change. And is it going to be weird running out at Headingley and facing what used to be your teammates as the foe? Obviously, no quarter given on either side. But will that feel strange the first time you do it? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it really will. I'm trying. You know, when you think or you sit and think about it, and you're like, oh, I wonder. But um, yeah, I think, like I say, I still, you know, incredibly close to most of these lasses, and I think it'll be, you know, obviously when you cross that white wash, that's it. It's game time, and then you know, after it'll be like you know, all times, but it's going to be strange. Yeah. No sledging going on. You'll you'll be cordial to each other when you're going packing down for scrums or whatever, won't you? You won't be, <laughs> won't be slagging each other off. I don't know. I might give Butcher a bit of a bit of rubbish talk. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, final one from me. Um, and and I, I was apparently in the uh, York City Knights women's WhatsApp group last year. Obviously, that's been rebranded thanks to my prediction and that uh, Saints were going to run away with everything. And obviously, I got that wrong. Um, any 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 kind of predictions you want from me this year on how York will do? Oh, so I'm going to be adventurous, and I'm going to say I don't know. Cause we've got we have got a real strong team. I'm sure as of, as do the other teams, but I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say York to win the Challenge Cup final. Let's just start there. <laughs> If you find anything, my mate Kelsey, obviously very close friends, obviously now because uh, you know spoke to her at least twice after matches. She she loves it when I predict uh, York to do too badly. So uh, I don't really know. It's like reverse psychology. I don't really know where to go with my predictions this year. But yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it it's tricky. I, I just I think I might make no predictions whatsoever and then get in no trouble. I think that's the best way to go, isn't it, Bill? Yeah, I've only got one question left. York used um, some French players last year, which um, seemed to work really well, both not only in terms of bolstering the squad when they had injuries, but I think aided their game as well when they went back and played for France in the World Cup. Have you heard if there's any plans to do the same this year? Um, I don't. From what I I know, I I wouldn't say so, no, because the squad is, you know, we've got, a, a big squad and injuries you know if most people are back from injuries and we've had additions so but you never know but from what I've from what I know and with this tr- the squad that's been training I, I don't think so 
obviously I'm purely neutral. Phil's biased, he likes things. But I'm, I'm neutral. So very best of luck to York this season. I hope you get all the success in the world, uh, which would upset some people. And uh, not me. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we see you winning out at, at Wembley in, in, in the Challenge Cup final because that would be a, an amazing, an amazing time, an amazing moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. It's been lovely to talk to you both. No problem. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Young player of the year, Nathan. Do, do, do you feel young? Uh, no, not really. I didn't think I would be up for this award when it first got um, announced. Um, but, you know, it's nice to get recognised uh, in um, for the work I've done last year, so yeah. Yeah, how would you sum up 2022? It wasn't a bad year, was it? Uh, no, a bad year, you know, we won um, you know, the Challenge Cup and the league leaders, so it was a really good year for the Rhinos, and um, you know, obviously to get into the England squad as well at the back end of the year and play in the World Cup and play the World Cup final. Um, not everybody gets to say they played in the final, so yeah, it was amazing. Enough, um, you know, to you know, play at the end of the year, even though into next year, to end the year with an um, with an award, yeah, it's quite amazing as well. But I thought I did enough to get enough for player of the year. But you know, young player is just as, as just as good. So yeah, hungry for for more success than in 2020. And as you say, won the league leader this year, won the Challenge Cup, but not the not the Super League Grand Final. So it's something else to aim for. Well, yeah, definitely. You know, to get the to get the league leaders in Challenge Cup last year was amazing. But um, unfortunately, we lost out. I reckon if we had an extra minute, we could have done something. But um, you know, next year we go again and we you know try and get the other three. So. Yeah, really good season. Has uh, winning the World Cup sunk in yet? Um, yes and no. A bit. You know, I'm still doing talks, going to schools, and you know, meeting all those like, amazing people. Um, so I don't think it's totally sat- settled in yet. But um, you know, I still watch it back, and it's, you know, it just gives, you, gives me goosebumps about you know, that idea. Do you think you'll ever get bored of watching it back? Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> Playing it bored and watching myself play. So uh, yeah. Um, no, I will really have that moment in my life, you know, for, you know, until I die, so, yeah, it's been, it was amazing. It's almost a cliche to say it's, it's a life-changing thing, but has it changed you as, in terms of what you do and how you you carry yourself? Um, I would say, really say it's changed me as a person, you know, a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, you're meeting someone some famous, and I don't, I don't feel like I'm any more famous than I was before the World Cup. I feel like I'm just a normal lad from Leeds, and, um, but you know it's amazing to have all the recognition in the in the game. That's what that's what I'm here for to to bring more people into the sport and you know try and build the sport even better than it, what it is now. David, why are Sheffield Eagles the wheelchair club of the game? Well, we won our first game today. We've gone 18 months without a victory, but the reason why I think we're club of the year is we've focused on becoming a club. We've got 24 registered players. We've got people who turn up and, and, and come and train week in, week out. Um, they're not the greatest players in the league, but they have a place within our club. Every game that we played last year, we fielded 10 players. We gave everybody equal game time. We've got serious sponsorship in place and uh, we're just that really good club. We're a group of friends who happen to have uh, rugby league uh, together. So we've got that win today. That's great. We'll kick on from there. But it's all about growing the participation and just uh, just being a great group of friends who enjoy rugby league. Big city Sheffield, of course, and the club, the men's team have had their setbacks over the years, but still going. And I guess that's part of the Eagles spirit is just never give up. Exactly. The, the club's mentality this year was one club, 
we've got a women's team, a men's team, a learning disability team, the wheelchair team and soon to come a physical disability team as well. We all wear the same kits with the same sponsors, the same off-field kit as well and literally we are one club, we've just got to get everybody together at one point for that magic team photograph. So what's the end then? Obviously you say you've won your first game today. I'm guessing that it's not necessarily the aim to go on and be Super League champions within 10 years or something ridiculous like that. It's, it's just growing the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's an aim in the long term to be successful on the field as well, but we want to do that in the right way. You know, We could go out and uh, splash some cash and get people to come and play for us, but there's, there's no sense in that. We've got 400,000 people that live in Sheffield in the wider city area. We can get them to come and get involved and we'll, we'll grow at our own pace. We have plans later this year to run our own league in Sheffield, so we've got that many people now that we can play uh, locally, give everybody the opportunity to, to play some more games, and then hopefully that pushes the standard on to, to play uh, for the Eagles team as we go forward. That one club mentality, is, is that something you think that other clubs perhaps could use in the future? Uh, absolutely. We're seeing it in uh, the women's game particularly where a lot of the leading Super League clubs have got uh, their women's teams playing in their stadiums, playing in the same kits uh, as well. Leeds are doing that very well with their uh, wheelchair team as well. But it's it's not just about giving the kit, it's about fully embracing that side. It's about the moral, the legal and the commercial um, uh, benefits of being properly diverse and embracing the wheelchair mobility team within their club. And uh, you're a match official, how, how do you... Uh, control your emotions when you're actually playing when you when you might have a decision go against you you, you just have to accept the decision um, we've had a great game today Oli Cruikshank referee of the year fantastic referee has taken charge of that did I agree with everything um, that uh, Oli decided absolutely not but at the same time Ollie's always got the whistle in his hand he's always going to be in charge and that's just how it is um, you know, it's, it's great to have two uh, perspectives, both sides of the coin and things like that. But, um, no, ultimately, you know, you have to switch from player mode to referee. Fortunately for me, I'm a far better referee than I am a player. So uh, the standard I'm playing at, uh, I don't need to worry too much about the match official's decisions. The important questions are, how heavy is the golden boot? It's actually really heavy. They did warn me when they gave me this at first. Uh, be really careful when you're putting it up, it's actually really heavy and if you want to weight yourself, you can, it is really heavy. And I had to bring this back with me from parts in my backpack and it's been uh, killing my back, so definitely very heavy, yeah. Put it, put it on the table, it's all right. Congratulations on winning the Golden Boot last year. Thank you. Um, and, and the World Cup. How's yeah. it all sunk okay? Very successful year. It was, it was important for me as well because last year was my 10th anniversary of my, my accident. So 10 years of uh, disability and so to achieve this World World Cup success and of course this like extra extra mission something I achieved on top of that is it's just incredible. It, it's it's sinking in but sometimes I just you know I have to take time and just think about it and remember that this might never happen again. It's, it's an amazing thing and I'm uh, really, really grateful. Really it's, all, grateful. it's all about everything's always about the team, but to get an individual award like that to be recognised as the best player in the world. Do you recognise yourself as the best player in the world? So before the World Cup, um, Tom McCoy, the head coach, asked us to write down things that we wanted to achieve and, 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 and what we wanted to do uh, as, as players to perform at our best and become the best version of ourselves. And in my list, I, I did add, well, obviously winning the World Cup and a long list of all sorts of stuff I wanted to do. Um, 
And I said, right, well, I definitely want to be at least a nominee for the, the Golden Boot Awards. Back in 2017, I was nominated in the top 10 players, uh, best players in the world. And I thought, I want to take it to the next step. And I really, I really wanted that. But when I got the award, it was a couple of days before the World Cup final. And um, it was hard, really hard to appreciate it then because I thought, well, I haven't done my job yet. The, the absolute dream is this, first and foremost, is to win the World Cup. So I kind of came at a point where I wasn't ready to uh, accept it. Um, so, but yeah, now I'm, it's just an absolute honour. I mean, so grateful for so many people here that have inspired me along the years and helped me uh, develop as a player. People that have given me advice, tips, coaching advice, uh, just fitting the wheelchair properly. Like Wayne Borden really taught me so much about how to be sat in a wheelchair. And there's so many small details that are really important. So. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's amazing, really amazing. It's, I mean, it's a team sport, as you say, but to get this kind of recognition is just incredible. Well, you've achieved your dreams. What's the next one? Oh, well, I'm, I'm trying to focus on my music. I'm a musician as well at the same time, and I'm really now trying to focus on, on the music. Uh, we're writing songs, composing our music and all that, and we're really looking forward to trying to get um, like a record label or something like that, a producer, to get our music out there. That would be the next, the next dream to achieve. But then, of course, I'd, I'd love to win the Golden Boot again. I'd love to win the World Cup again. I'm still keeping this adventure going on, um, aiming for 2025 now World Cup in France, trying to uh, double that success and maybe uh, double this one as well. You never know. And uh, yeah. Uh, what kind of music do you play? What, what, what's, what's the musical style? So I'm, I'm a trumpet player, and uh, my my band that I play with now uh, it's like a very funky, groovy, like disco dance kind of music. Um, it's, it's brilliant. Every time we, we do concerts, people absolutely love it. Uh, we've been doing a lot of covers in the last couple of years, but now we're writing our own songs, and people are loving it as well. And uh, yeah, really hoping that you know skyrockets like the, the rugby career did. Surely the RFL have been here tonight. Betfred, the sponsors of everything. Surely they should be getting you on the Challenge Cup final. You could be the pre-match at the temp, the Grand Final, Challenge Cup final. With my band, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that should happen. I've, 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 I want to push that forward. We'll That's a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea. It should happen. I did actually, um, we went to the BBC Sports Awards as a team after the success and um, Claire Balding, who was the RFL president, was, was uh, going to be, you know, she was holding the mic for that show and I asked her, do you, do you think we could maybe play for that show or, you know, maybe the after party and she tried to make it happen, it didn't happen but maybe, maybe next year it could happen. This is a, a surreal time, winning the World Cup, being on the sports personnel to the year, the team goes to meet the Princess of Wales. It's a stupid question. Did you ever imagine anything like this would happen the first time you played wheelchair rugby? No, it's, this has been such a dream of a year, and, and everything following the year has been just dream all, all the way. Um, when I started, I, I definitely thought I would achieve something great in the sport. I really pushed myself to, to be successful. I never thought it would get to this kind of standard. It's been absolutely incredible. We, we couldn't expect how huge this World Cup has been um, for us as players, but for the whole country and for the sport itself, uh, how it's developing since. It's just, yeah, nothing we could have thought of. It's just incredible, absolutely incredible. And I've been told, I'm sat on the Wigan table, they tell me this, this is the right boot. Is it, that's the wrong foot for me. This is a right foot, and I, I, I was my, my right leg was cut off, so it's the front and the right foot. I could put this on, my, on the end of my prosthetic leg, and I could walk around with it. It's a bit heavy, a bit heavy foot, but um, you know, it, it could definitely fit on the end of my prosthetic. We're so late on that; they've taken away the World Cup, which is very disappointing. So I can't stand you in front of it. 
How, how much time have you had with the actual World Cup trophy since you won it? Uh, quite a lot, to be fair. Um, we, we've been able to sort of um, get out to all the people who've been interested and who've made a request to visit. I took it, um, first of all, to my living room and just had it on display um, with my medal. First thing I did when I, when I got back was have takeaway pizza, a tub of ice cream, and I just sat there and sort of enjoyed the presence of the trophy. And me, me and my girlfriend Grace just decompressed, really, but we've been lucky enough to be invited to so many primary schools like the, the, the players went to when they were younger, so many uh, events like uh, the President's Ball, the UK Coaching Awards, and the list keeps going on. So um, we will show anyone who's interested in it, because we think not only is it a great trophy, but what it stands for is just the best. World Cups open doors for so many things. Yeah, they really do, they really do. Um, I can't believe the amount of people that are interested in it and, and that's not because they shouldn't be but you know the, the pioneers who are here tonight who first played on a car park in 2003 to where we've got to now playing in the copper box playing at Manchester Central on BBC 1.2 million live it's, um, it's amazing and I can't fathom what's next I've got some dreams and I'm going to push for them but probably what, what ends up happening might be even better than that. So how, how old are you? Because you won a World Cup at what age? Um, 27. 27. So you've achieved the pinnacle of the sport. What do you do next? Good question. Yeah. Win another one. It's the only thing. Defend it in another country. You know, we won a home World Cup in front of our home fans and our, our family and supporters, which is so special. So few teams get to really do that in any game. Um, and, and the best thing we can do now is go and show everyone that we can do it abroad. So we've got a short cycle to work with, less than three years now until the next one's going to happen. Um, we've got an opportunity to bring new people into the game. Uh, funnel through the developing players in the Super League, the Championship, the Development Leagues in the UK, but also the wheelchair sport athletes who now realise what wheelchair rugby league is. We want to give those people a go and, and have some talent transfer opportunities so that uh, we can go to France in 2025 and, and double up. I think it was such a, a great event that everything around the final, the game itself was superb. When you're in that moment, how much of that can you take in the, the crowd noise and all that? How much do you take in at that point? If it hadn't been taped, it would honestly be such a blur. It's, um, I think a lot of people say like you have the memory of it in the moment and then you kind of create a new memory based on watching it back on video. Um, what still makes me laugh is when the, when the final whistle went, Obviously, the cameras were focused on the lads on the pitch embracing, and then switched back to where I was, hoping to find me celebrating. But what I was actually doing was in a in a ball on the floor, um, just sobbing really, and, and overcome with emotion. And anyone who's who's dedicated themselves to something for for years will know how it feels when you finally achieve what you set out to. Um, and it was that sense of relief, and joy. An accomplishment that I just wanted to have a moment with myself on the floor. So like, I still think back to that all the time, really. And so many core memories were made throughout that World Cup, but that's one one of the ones personally for me that I'm so grateful for. Mentioned obviously going on and defending and, and retaining the World Cup. What are the doors as, as, as winning the World Cup open to you as a, as a person, as a coach? Um, 
Yeah, good question. I mean, I'm so passionate about rugby league. I'm so passionate about um, competitive sport and sport in general. I think um, I'm, I, I'm a little bit worried about what what sport is to the younger generation of people because there's so many other things that you can do instead now. So what I'm I'm super passionate about in rugby league and just sport in general is keeping that alive keeping people interested in playing sport at the highest level but also at, at every place on the spectrum so um, what I want to do now at, like you say at 27 having won a World Cup is, is see where I can take my career but also see what I can do along that journey to, to keep people involved whether they be young or old disabled or not disabled I just want as much people as possible to, to carry on playing sport because for me it has shaped me in the most um serious and, and distinctive way were it not for sport and, and specifically rugby league I would be someone completely different so I just want other people to have that experience it's honestly your story the team's story wheelchair rugby league in general it's almost like it's one of those overnight successes where the hard work has gone on for, for decades beforehand yeah absolutely there would have been so many people who stumbled across wheelchair rugby league World Cup and BBC2 and just thought oh these guys are pretty good they They've been training for this for a few months, I bet, but um, yeah, if you delve a little bit deeper, you find out that you know it's been, it's been played in this country since 2003 uh, by people on that car park, and um, you know, all the best work's done in the shadows, isn't it? And it's what you do when no one cares and no one's watching that, that is testament to who you really are, and wheelchair rugby league is the epitome of, of that metaphor. Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs> 